Hello, welcome to Agents of Sigmar. Just two dads trying to rekindle our childhoods in gaming in the best way we know how, with bad jokes and fun games. Join us in our journey as we talk about tabletop games, board games and card games, all through the eyes of a casual and time-starved parent player. If you enjoy this podcast, please do check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you really appreciate our work, do visit Patreon to support us further. You'll find links to all these in the show notes. Wherever you find our content, please do like, subscribe, retweet, ring those bells and leave us those five-star reviews. We do so crave your approval. With all that begging out of the way, let's crash on. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. How are we? We are good. We are good. Hopefully, everybody can hear us and see us and everything's working. Um, we did have a very couple of last minute little uh, oh my gods going on there, but we're here now. We're alive. We're still in the room. Yes. That little oh my god was you not having the necessary equipment in the room. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe. Maybe. Oh There's five, five people apparently watching. Five hello, people? Everybody. Well, hello to everyone watching this evening. Well, I think it says five. Yeah. Hello. And if you are tuning in to our, our podcast later on, then welcome aboard for that too. And if you are enjoying it, do find us in all the relevant places as per the intro. Absolutely, yes, please do. And yes, and welcome to everybody's podcast. I think this will be our third podcast episode, um, which is very exciting for us. And hopefully you'll enjoy them in, in that format. We did one, one of our papers did disturbingly tell us that he can take us into the shower now. Ooh, uh, um, which I'm not sure that's a good development for don't. anybody, we really. Don't, we don't charge extra for that, though, so you know. Make, <laughs> make the most of it, is what all I say. Pat, pat, a Patreon level. <laughs> shower, Pete. Shower Pete, yes, no, nobody wants that. War Machine is around, he um, says hola, and Dead Hands is also online, so welcome both of you gentlemen, welcome aboard. Ah, uh, hello, hello. War Machine, fantastic, he, he religiously re- retweets our tweets, but I think he's our only follower on Twitter actually, no, there's two, there's two people who re- religiously retweet our tweets, and it's three, very nice. Three, three people. Have, have people. <laughs> God have bless people them all. Do that. Our Twitter presence is very low. It's very low. I can't, yeah. can only cope, can't only cope with social media presence in so many places. Yeah. Like one place, really, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it. It's probably the worst place. You know, it's all happening on Twitter and, you know, all the rest of those things. They're the places we should be going, but, yeah. Too old for this nonsense. One Machine says, of course, it's great content. Well, We are awesome content. Much. We are. Che- checks in the post. Yep. Bing! <laughs> we're not making a lot of money out of this. We keep paying everybody more than we're getting. <laughs> So to, to this uh, today, this evening, or this afternoon, this morning, whichever time you're listening to this, this uh, podcast or this live show is all about hobby burnout. Hobby burnout or hobby fatigue. Hobby fatigue, yeah. Yep. Hobby fatigue. I would, it's a subtle difference between fatigue and burnout, I think, but maybe we'll discuss that when we get, when to, we it. get to it. Yes. Uh, but first up, we thought we'd run through our, our usual news and views of what's been going on in the gaming world, what's been going on in Pete and my world. Yep. Um, GCSEs have started in our house. So uh, for those of you who don't live in the UK, that's the uh, 16-year-old exams. You'll pass them uh, this well, time, Robin. See, how, see, see what you know. I think, I hope so. I, this is my, well, old am I now? This will be my 39th <laughs> year. Or see, I can't even do the maths. Um, and, uh, that's what you it's, it. it's not quite 39, is it? It's, yeah, yes, yeah, well, yeah, that's what it is. Um, but yes, uh, but no, hopefully I'll get there. Hopefully I'll get there. Master English. 
Um, yeah, so my, my son is doing those and he, he's really happy about it, as you can probably imagine. So that, that's, that's what's going on in our, in, in our house. Um, yep, uh, but we have been playing some games we didn't actually meet last week, Pete, because you we had another social engagement. I did, I did a work-related one. Another social engagement, which is very, very, very rude. Yeah, I know. Do you not work, do your work not know that you you can't do anything on Thursdays? Um, I, 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 well, it was it was a big company event. They they were getting everyone together, so I couldn't really not not go. It was kind of like a you don't have to come in ninety nine percent of the time, so you kind of lose any excuse to not come in that other one percent of the time. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, maybe I actually went out for dinner with my wife, which was very nice because my other my youngest son was away on his field trip to the Isle of Wight field trip, a school trip, the Isle of Wight. Um, so it was very quiet in our house last week. So I, we, the other, the older two are old enough to look after themselves. To be honest, the older two are old enough to look after the little one, but they don't because they're because <laughs> they're because they're related um, and they might yeah, yeah might actually exactly, marry each other. Yeah, it's almost to the point where we we can't really get a babysitter because any babysitter we might find might actually be younger than my oldest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's not fair to leave him to referee the other two. Or no. I don't feel that it is. Um, no, I think I think. But anyway, right enough of, enough of that. Enough of that. So what we have did we play been a couple of games the week before. Yes, we did play a few games the week before, well, um, which yeah. people may or may not be aware of. One of them, Ascension Tactics, which is a nice hex-based um, board gamey type job, which uh, I think we both quite enjoy. Yeah, Morph put us onto that one. Uh, he said, has anybody played this? And I thought, oh, well, that was interesting. And I contacted the the company who, who makes it and they sent me a copy I must um, review it actually <laughs> otherwise I've just stolen it yeah exactly yeah it was it was it's good it's um, similar to Underworlds but there's no pre deck building so you don't you you deck build on the fly um, and there's no miniatures either but there is cardboard standees I think there is a miniatures version but it was Kickstarter only so I don't know if you can buy it um, well Kickstarter only implies that you can't uh, but uh, um, yeah, it's nice. So in the Ascension world, there's loads of Ascension deck building games, um, various iterations of it. And this is almost like goes back to the beginning, but has this whole new concept with it. it has a deck building element and then a board element. And uh, I, I, I really quite enjoy it. And I, I'd love to have the time to play more. And um, it's not deck building like Underworld and stuff like that. It's it's more of a no. sort of um, what's the one I'm trying to think of. Uh, it, it, it's it's like a communal deck that you draw from during the game so it's not something that requires any sort of prep in advance of the game which is good which is a big plus really, for me not really i mean i i guess yeah i guess if you know the cards in advance i mean obviously you don't know the order they come in but if you yeah. kind of know what cards work together but i guess that's experience yeah and even uh, then there's nothing stopping your, you your there's nothing stopping your opponent grabbing said cards before you manage to get around to them so there's only no, so much no, you probably do. are debt built yeah sorry i interrupted you <laughs> there probably are deck building strategies within it once yeah. we get going once you get going but we've already played sort of two or three games maybe four games uh, but I really enjoy it and then they, so there's a board element so what you what you you have some heroes that you use on on the board and they can be powered up by various abilities that you draw cards from so it's, it's quite clever it's quite light it takes about an hour to play through and there's various different scenarios and there's campaign mode and uh, a um, uh, cooperative mode so yeah, there's lots of uh, lots of gameplay in it I think and a solo mode so th there's lots of options for play the other thing we play Pete and we we have talked about adding this to content to the channel and that's the Lord of the Rings living card game yep um, which I love and I think you enjoyed yourself 
I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I got to play the dwarves, <laughs> which which is always a good thing for me. Um, it's not the kind of game I would probably pick to play on my own, um, but it was it was still good fun to play when we played it. We didn't record that unfortunately because I'd never played it before, so we were like, we probably need to at least play a bit of a game for me to get the hang of it first. And it, to start with, when you were explaining it, I was just like, holy crap, what is this nonsense? <laughs> after about it is a there's a lot. Yeah, after a couple of turns, it, it just started to make sense. And, and after that, it was like, started to think, oh, I actually think I know what I'm doing here. I, I think I can work some of this out and get the hang of how the rules work. And it's some random things like it's it's just you put some cards here and then you put a couple of cards over here and then you have to draw some cards, you put them here. And it's like, to start with, it's like, none of this makes sense. Why, why are we putting this card over there when we have the other cards over here and stuff? It's like, just shut up, it works. And, and it does. <laughs> It, it is quite prescriptive, isn't it? Is, yeah. you, it? There is a definite set of things you have to do, and there's quite a lot of them, and I think it's quite overwhelming when you first start um, because you you have to do it in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, and there's lots of interactions. Um, I don't know whether we... I mean, I'm doing some solo content. I'm actually in the process of, of editing another video at the moment, which I played I, last week while my son was away. I've got a bit of, sp bit of more spare time, so I managed to get out and record a game. Um, and I, I think it works quite well solo. I'm not brilliant at the game, so it's never going to be like top-notch content, or not for another 10 years at least. Um, but I don't know how well it will work as two of us, because I think it can end up into sort of two old men going, oh, uh, uh, should we, do you think we, oh, you, you play that one, and I'll play this one, and then you do that one. Yeah. And I don't quite know whether, uh, although I would love it to work, I don't know what sort of visual spectacle it would actually be, unless you're just, you're just like watching two old blokes burble at each other unless we could try and turn um, it into a storyline as we were going but i think but then i have this problem with with any like underworlds battle reports and stuff like that i don't neither of us watch any of them really so it's like what do we know? <laughs> don't know what's going on no not a clue so <laughs> well yeah so if you are I mean, interested because there is actually a no took sorry sorry for some reason so for some reason we're over talking over each other tonight i don't I know think it's a bit of a some... delay somewhere Delay, yeah, that seems to be happening tonight. That's uh, apologies, podcast listeners, because uh, I'm not going to edit it all out. No, it's <laughs> forever. Staying, but yeah, um, yeah. What I was going to say was there is a. You were talking about telling a story. There is a mm. narrative version, or well, not a narrative version of the game, but there is a saga version of the game uh, where you can play through either the Hobbit or through the Lord of the Rings. And that I would love to do that, but I just don't know how well it would actually translate into content, and it will probably be time quite time consuming. Uh, but I guess we'll just have to see. See how we go. Yeah. Um, as we move forward, moving forward, we're staying in Middle Earth. I think this week, because we are getting ready for our Middle Earth strategy battle yep. game. Looking forward to that. It's going to be. Um, um, going to be our next. Orcs, orcs, and um, uh, orcs versus. I can't remember what you play now. Um, Rohan. Oh yes, you're the the fighters of Rohan. You don't get any horsemen though, which is the, 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 a bit of a shame. The footmen of Rohan. Yeah. <laughs> the not horsemen. Yeah, all the horses have run off. Um, I've actually got the trees right here. Sorry, podcast listeners. I've actually got the trees right here. Ah. And indeed, uh, I have actually got a rider of Rohan here as well. I'm going to order some... I, was, I use them as a backdrop. I'm going to order some wags at some LCG point. the LCG game. That's quite a nice idea. order some wags. Yeah, I'm definitely, wags. I'm definitely going to order some wags. What are they good for? Absolutely nothing, I guess, I presume. <laughs> um, that is what we were... That's what I was going for. Yeah. Yep. And uh, what we recently released, so there was recently um, a game of Shadowlands 
Shadowland Daredevil uh, for MCP versus the Shield. So it was the Crime Syndicate featuring Elektra and Shadowland Daredevil versus uh, the Agents of Shield with um, old Nick Fury and his agents, which was a good game. Yeah, so that's Marvel Crisis Protocol. I think you very quickly said MCP. Then, MCP, so yes. That. It's Marvel Crisis Protocol, and we uh, we picked up the latest additions to the game, um, which actually we saw that saw us give a, get a lift in um, in viewers, which was quite nice. A little they, bit. Our MCP stuff was really fun to make, but but, but hardly anybody watched it. Was. Well, I think it was about double. Now, immediately, double nothing is nothing, but it was. <laughs> I think it did. It did double. Yeah, um, yeah, it did. Which, which is quite nice. But then, I, I feel like Shield are very strong in that in that matchup. Possibly, um, I mean, watch the game if you haven't, uh, if you want to see. But yeah, there was some there were some incidents in there that maybe the uh, the crime syndicate could have done better. But never mind. And we also released a game of Nether Maze, the core set matchup. So the Shadeborn versus um, Skittershanks Claw Pack, and I just prefer the name Skittershank to Scritch. Scritch is a bit difficult to say, Do you? but Skittershank just sounds better. How is Scritch easier to say than Skittershank? It's the t and the ch sound like Scritch. More difficult, sorry, more difficult. Skittershank. Skittershank. I, I, I disagree. Scritch is the greatest. Yes, yes. It's in the it's in the card. Exactly, it's in the cards. Yeah, I, so yeah. I, I still I still prefer Skittershank. So, um, but we we <laughs> released that one. Is there a Skittershank is the greaterest card? I don't yeah. think there is. <laughs> Uh, and we did include a <laughs> podcast wash up with that, which I don't know if anybody's watched it. I'm very keen to see what people think of that. Um, and I did wonder whether oh. it would work better if we, uh, for, for all you podcast listeners out there, whether it would work better if we did like an audio description of the game, like we do our MCP coverage. We do an audio description of it to just run through the game, how it played out, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if people would prefer that more if we just you know talked a bit more about what happened and what our thoughts and plans and hopes and aspirations and dreams were about the game as we were playing it rather than just you know because we can't really say you know i moved uh so and so to to hex b9 or whatever because you know you know we had to visualize that so much so do away with that aspect but that's that's something for a thought for another day really right yeah is that what do you mean for a podcast like a description of, of yeah. how the game went do you mean or yeah. just like a Right, okay, because we, we, we briefly toyed with doing a narrative like we do for the MCP yeah. uh, discussion on the videos, didn't we? But actually it turned out that you could pretty much see what was going on and it didn't really matter, so we, we, we ditched that. Yeah. I think because we're so used to narrating narrating the, the, the games um, that we just narrate as we go along anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what have we got coming up then? Obviously we've got Middle Earth Strategy Battle game coming, yep. um, and I, as I said, I've recorded another... Uh, Lord of the Rings LCG game, which I'm, I'm, I'm about ten minutes of an hour into reviewing, in, um, editing. Cool. I really enjoy editing. I could see why you lose hours doing it. It's something. It's very, very mindful. It's I a find. nice process of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got, you've got, you've, you've got. I would say garbage, but that's not that's a bit harsh. But you've got this sort of file that needs sorting out, and you gradually smooth it out and add effects, and it, and it, and it all comes out nicely at the end. It's quite, it's quite good. It's almost like it's similar to the pacing process, I suppose. It's it's like the digital equivalent of whittling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yes. Just yeah. slowly start to, yeah, to like, like the like the what? Sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of uh, the video of Hello by Lionel Richie, where the girl's <laughs> making the head of him out of clay. At the end when she says, this, <laughs> this is the man harassing me, officer. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's the, that's 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 what I, that's how I visual, I'm visualising it now. Yeah. Uh, but yes. But yeah, yeah I, so, I do find the, uh, the digital editing process very mindful because it's just a very easy task. But you get something quite good out of it at the end. Well, relatively good, but you know something that is actually quite pleasing. To say, oh, I made or that. something and, better. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, something better. It, it, it might not be good, but it's better than what we started off. With. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and if you sort of made it. Yeah. It's very very calming because there's no there's no real challenge to it. There's nothing very stressful going on. It's just quite uh, quite an easy task to do because um, even painting can be quite stressful. But at least with with editing videos, it's just I'll just cut this bit out and then I'll just you know merge that bit or whatnot. And yeah, yeah. very 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 pleasing. Yeah, it's just, it is pleasing. I, I I've forgotten how much I enjoy it. So I need I need to do I need to make more videos so yeah. I can make do more editing. We also um, have a game. And then, so we I also have a game of um, Elector Counts, which will be coming out this week. Oh yes, yes. Which Those is good. Watching Elector Counts is there. Yep. Where well, we had a threesome yeah. with John. Uh, yes, I'm looking forward to that. We played that with John, didn't we? It was a it was a three way. It was. Um, which we played with John. So uh, looking forward to seeing that actually, because I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the edit of that. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's up on YouTube and for you, we Robin. Also, I guess. <laughs> I guess we're going to uh, play some more Marvel Crisis Protocol going forward because you got the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, and I bought Gambit Ooh. weeks, months ago. It feels but like it, a long time it ago. It does so seem like a very long time ago. Try and get um, try and get some more MCP to the table. Yeah. While we're, you know, we're building up a little following, I did notice, and I don't think we're going to go back to it. But I noticed today, we, I think it was the same person or just two different people. But people have been commenting how good the Necromunda games were. Well, were we going to do any more? It's like oh, I'd love to. I'd love just, to, but we just yeah. Time. No. No. Time. Basically. <laughs> no. It's just too many. <laughs> yeah, what it boils down to it's too. Yeah. It's too complicated for a start. That one was. So what you've been painting, Pete? I've not been painting. Well, I finished. Painting? I finished tell, the. Tell I finished the Exiled Dead uh, using the old slap chop. Oh, cool! Oh, you redid them, didn't you? I you did. redid them. I did. I repainted them. Something I yeah, normally don't do. Yeah, it's been our painting. No, it's been our painting. Watchword. Watchword. Watchword, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> slap chop. Slap chopping. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen the whole slap chop. I say for raw, but it's not really a for I think slap chop is basically just a silly word for underpainting, isn't it? Or under um, underbrushing, whatever they call it. Yeah. So it's, there's nothing yeah, particularly wait. clever going on. But um, it's just a nice, quick way of painting models. Yeah. So what do you do? So basically, you take like a black or a dark grey uh, undercoated model, and then you dry brush on a lighter grey or a white, depending on how stark you want to make the contrast. You can do layers of it if you want. I tend to go up maybe two or three different layers of grey up to um, wraith bone uh, near the top of the model. So it's a bit like a zenithal highlight. And then once you've done that, you just whack some old contrast on top or another kind of I guess you could use any kind of ink wash or something like that, really. Um, mm. And the contrast or the wash or whatever. I think thin. Yeah, yeah, basically. And then the, the undercoat, the dry brush sort of helps really bring out some of the details over top. So it's, I think it's 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 probably the way I'm going to paint most of my models from now on. You do get quite a stylized finish, I think. I've done three models, so that's my painting recently. Has been I've been painting some Moonstone minis because I... Mm. Um, we'll talk about Moonstone in a minute, but I've been painting some Moonstone minis, and um, I tried it on that because it also it, there was a Polygon article about it, the website Polygon, um, because the Honest Wargamer, he's called Rob, I think the yeah. guy, Honest Wargamer, yeah. he used to work for GW. Yeah. Um, he basically did a video on how to do it, 
um, and that it's been picked up. And I think he, I think so, so. Laura on our by our patron Laura said that he actually coined the term slap chop as a bit it's like a bit silly for it, um, but this kind of method of doing it. So I thought, well, as it was the thing to do, and you you've got some excellent results with your Exile Dead, I think um, I thought I'd give it a go, um, and I found it quite interesting. It makes you think about how paint works, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, and I I found the, for the flesh tones it was a bit it didn't really work for me. It's come out a bit um, not really flesh coloured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the flesh um, tones I think are the, are the more difficult ones to do. Um, hmm. But I think if you're not going for regular human skin, it's not too bad. But I think if you want to try and make them more look yeah, more so human, I have one human. Yeah, it can be trickier in that situation. It kind of looks like bits of him have died. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. some of it's fleshy, but where it's gone dark, it doesn't look like shadowed flesh. It just looks like dead, yeah, grey flesh. You know, yeah. yeah. So I did kind of, I don't know, but I did sort of re-highlight and add some extra layers of the flesh colour. It's okay. It's a look. It's definitely a stylized look, yeah. but it is quick. So I don't know. I painted those in about, I don't know, half the time I reckon of, of a usual. A usual mini, but now I've got a problem because I paint. I picked the three that I thought would be best for the method, um, and now I don't know whether to paint the other. I think there's four other minis left for the Moonstone starter set. Oh dear! I don't know whether to paint them in the same way or di or the normal, sort of more normal way because I feel like they'd be better the normal way. Yeah. But then maybe they won't look right when they're all together. So I don't know. I have to decide. I have to decide what to do. So Moonstone. I'm just quick, I don't actually know very much about Moonstone, uh, but lots of people in our patron group. Uh, play it and say it's really really good and I love the miniatures check them out on their website we'll perhaps try if I remember put a description in the, uh, uh, link in the description of the podcast uh, to the uh, Moonstone game but the, the miniatures are great uh, but you can just play with this starter set and it's got it's no dice Pete um, it's got this interesting card mechanic um, so maybe maybe after we've played a Middle Earth game and an MCP game and maybe another game of War, uh, Underworlds then maybe with, well, we'll play some uh, Moonstone. See how that goes. Yeah, cool. Sounds good to me. Brilliant. Uh, it okay. all depends on how so much our MES, MESBG takes off, really. If everybody loves that, then we'll crack on with loads of that as well, I think. But yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it occurred to me, Pete. Do we need to find? Do we need to make names and things for our for our people? Probably do. There's a, there's, there's a website you can create. Ro Rohan guys. There's a, there's a, a website that you can actually go to to track all your characters' stuff. Uh, called Battle Companies yeah, Manager. Yeah, need to do that. So, yeah, need to uh, do check it out if you're interested in Battle Companies. Um, battle Companies, battle-companies-manager.com enables you to go along and sign up. You do need okay. all the rules and stuff, so it's not like they're, they're stealing anything for anyone, but it gives you a nice long-line way to manage your It's just like your a little fighter. manager, a bit like um, Yak Tribe for... It's kind of a bit like that, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have to do that because uh, yeah, we, we we kind of played our practice game quite a long time ago, and then various mm. things have happened, like you going out, so we haven't been able to play the actual recorded game. But we are doing that this this Thursday, so that's a nice little community shout out you did there, Pete, because this is now the community segment uh, shout out segment. Um, I don't know whether you've got any uh, any more. Nope, I've found a couple of things one. in the last couple of weeks that have impressed me. Um, there's a guy called Josh who is the uh, at Prince of Biotan. Biotan, Bial I don't know how. Yep. Bill Tard. No, I should have, I should have checked with you first how to pronounce it. So anyway, I came to read. It, I thought, shit, I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, he wrote a really great piece on representation uh, of on the models and uh, you know sort of 
riffing off the new Stormcast model that's um, sort of black uh, character. And it was a really interesting piece. And then he's, cause he, and he's a really, on Twitter, every Monday morning, I think he does this kind of positivity thing and talks about all the, you know, tell us about the great things that are going on in your hobby at the, at the moment. So he has these um, really nice threads of, of lovely positive stuff. And then through him, um, so he's the at Prince of, what did you say, Biltan? Prince of Biltan, yeah. Yes, um, uh, on Twitter. And then through him I discovered a guy who I think is more on um, Instagram called, I don't even know, Omegon Edge. So O-M-E-G-O-N-E Edge. So E-D-G-E on the end. So uh, on Instagram. And he paints exclusively with oils. Wow, it's brave. Um, and and he, actually if you sign up to his website or his, his blog, then you can download his free guide, which is hefty. On how to paint with oils, cool. which I'm not sure I want to do, but it's quite interesting to see somebody painting in a different mm. way. And actually, he was—he's he, very good. Um, and so he was actually at the recent Warhammer World event for the Horus Heresy stuff that they did, and he his miniatures were in the in the cabinet. Nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he was picked. So they're good. They're good quality. And the, that oil painting style suits the Horus Heresy because it's kind of grimy, very and, grim, dark, um, kind of. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but they're two really great um, hobbyists that I recommend you check out if you haven't already heard of them. Cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then moving on um, to general gaming news. General gaming news. Yes. Now, uh, bit of MCP, bit of Marvel Crisis Protocol. They have having re all having announced the two new models for the previous uh, issue we did of this. Which I've already forgotten what they were called. Um, <laughs> kind of, they were from the Black Order, weren't they? Yeah. They've now announced that they're going to do Scourge and Heimdall. Mm. I do like the Heimdall model. Scourge, I could take or leave, um, but that's quite interesting. I, don't, I mean, I haven't got any Asgardians, and I think you haven't got any Asgardians, no. either, have you? No. no, no. So I haven't got any Asgardians. I don't know whether we'll pick them up, Probably but it not. was quite interesting to see them. Um, and um, more interestingly, I think. They've actually they've announced that they're going to do a Black Order affiliation box, which so I think at the moment you have to buy them in two boxes. Two boxes, two, yeah. Uh, uh, two boxes. Now they're going to do one box of four, uh, and it'd be quite a bit cheaper. It's about two thirds of the price of, or yeah, two thirds of the price of, of the two boxes. Nice. Um, there's no indication whether there's going to be new cards in there. I, I think the general feeling of the, the, the community is that there shouldn't be because obviously then people who've already bought the boxes might feel obliged to buy the thingies to get the cards, uh, which would be a bit crap. Uh, so hopefully it's just reprints of cards in the box. Um, but that's quite nice. And actually, I do like the Black Order models, but I couldn't really see myself getting shelling out for two boxes of them. Um, but but it almost, it's almost like an affiliation in a box. Feel, it, feels, it feels better. Yeah, yeah, especially for the reduced um, price, because so, they're not so. cheap. Um, so if you're going to buy them, no, you might as well no. save yourself some cash. But... I'm not particularly interested in the Black Order myself. I don't like the Black Order. So, meh. Well, I don't know much about them. But I do like the Ebony Moor, particularly in the films. He's pretty cool. So I don't uh, like him primarily because yeah. of the films, because they're just all nasty, horrible people. <laughs> yes, that is true. I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah, that we, we'll only play good guys yes. from now on. But you always play the, you play the undead. Oh. <laughs> okay. they just misunderstood they're not evil exactly they just want to have your brains for a little bit just a little while <laughs> they can't help it they can't help they're all, it they're it's, all compulsion they're all Thanos' um, mates I don't like Thanos I think he's a wanker <laughs> yeah he's, 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 he's not great just remember Pete I have to ch check 
check the is the is there profanity books in the, in the podcast? That's account? not a profanity, so surely. No, I, I'm just telling you. Just telling you. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know where the line draws. I can't remember what what, what phrase it uses. But I'll, I'll try and look up what phrase it uses. It, it, it's a bit ambiguous. It's like one of those words. Well, you know, the, it, that word could be considered to be the thing that the way they describe it. But also, most people would think oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's a bit like, <laughs> and um, this so bit I'm not get caught by any kind of profanity feel. But you get this a lot more when dealing with dogs is if you have a female dog what's a female dog called it's a bitch and so you'll have people come up to you and they, you, you greet them in the street and their dog sees your dog and they go is it a bitch you're like it's a bit rough <laughs> it's, not, it's a female dog <laughs> I can't use that word <laughs> I was brought up not to, not to use exactly. words like that it's, it's a lady nice. dog yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't you tell <laughs> So what else is there? She's got no beard. <laughs> exactly. She's got a bit of a beard, actually. But yeah. Um, so what else is there in the gaming news world? Uh, there's not a lot. I, I, I haven't had much time to trawl through exciting things, but uh, things that did catch my eye, um, the, the, it was the Board Game Geek Awards um, last week, or maybe the week before. Um, but um, they, and there are a couple of games that I was vaguely interested in. They had uh, Oath was the winner of the most Oath Chronicles of Empire Exile, which I think is written by the guys who make um, Root, uh, that one most innovative game. I think that's a game that I would love to play, but never will. Yeah. Um, in fact, to be honest, most of, the, most of these are. And then the light game of the year was won by a game called Cascadia, which is this beautiful kind of American national park. It's got lovely artwork. It looks amazing. But again, I, I, I would love to play it, but probably never will. And then the best co-op game was won by the crew... Mission Deep Sea. I don't know if you've. You, I don't think we've played the crew. No, I don't think. Or we did have. we play online once? I don't. I played online once with Ed and Stu. Oh, okay. And we, and it, you. It's a trick-taking game. Oh yeah. It's a trick-taking game where you all work together. You work together. So in the, in the first one you're in space, and in this one you're in the deep sea, and you have to. Um, and it's like a little campaign, and I love it. I think it's really great, but my family won't play it with me, or my wife won't play. Boo. It with me. Many get like many games I want to play. Um, <laughs> like, so. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, but that was that one best car. If it's any, any, anywhere near as good as, as the original version, then, it, then it's that, that's thoroughly deserved. Um, of course, in the intervening period, GW had um, a massive. In fact, it was like the day after the last podcast, wasn't it? Yeah. That we recorded. They they had their big Warhammer. So it's really old news now. In fact, it's such old news. I went to look on the on the website on the Warhammer community website to check. What what was announced and what have you? It's such old news; it just doesn't appear on there yeah, at all. Just, it's, it's, it's <laughs> so, last so this is probably two weeks out of date. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, which actually ties into our main topic tonight, I think. Um, yes. But uh, of course, the big thing was that they announced the new Horus Heresy box set and a load of a load of the stuff, which is two hundred pounds. Well, I have heard that. Is that official? Oh, it's going to be less than two hundred pounds. What? They said it's going to be less than £200, which presumably means it's £195. £199. Yeah, exactly. £200 <laughs> is just... I mean, there's a lot yeah. of plastic in there, but £200. Yeah, I mean, very... Yeah, yeah. I think... They, they've copied across the Forge I, I World guess, prices, I, I think. <laughs> I'm guessing we're going to see more and more of that. I mean, I know GW always get uh, crucified on price, or they crucify their their fans on price, depending on which way you look at it. Yeah. 
but I, I'm guessing with the rise of the cost of living and all that, and the, the, the board game components have gone through the roof, I'm guessing we're just going to see stupid price rise over stupid price rise. And not just not just for GW. I know GW get a lot of stick, but but I think everywhere is going to have to to raise their prices. Yeah. But two hundred pounds is still is an awful lot of money um, for a, for a box set. I mean, I would I'd love to in theory to play it, but in practice, just. It's never going to happen. No, <laughs> it's one of those things. I, I would, I would. Sorry, say, it's one of those ones that Carry I find on. very easily. I can look at and go, no, never going to happen. Next, <laughs> I would wouldn't mind getting some of the Mark IV Marines. I've always liked those. Yeah, the beakies. But they're going to do a they're going to do a little box of those. So I might treat myself and never paint them. Which again, we might come up in the main topic. <laughs> Maybe we should buy a box. We'll split it 50-50. I'll paint mine Death Guard. You can paint yours whichever chapter you want to do, and then we can. That and we'll just call that chapter Put finished. Them on the shelf. That's our Horus Heresy chapter <laughs> over with. Put them on the shelf. <laughs> oh, half each. Mm. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Um, they they announced new squats for Necromunda. Moving swiftly on before I end up committing to something that I don't want to commit to. Rubbish squats. Um, Rubbish. They're not squats. They're like mini marines. You don't like you don't. You don't like the squats, do you? Well, not, yeah, I don't. I haven't followed it because it's just like uh, they're, they're, squats, not squats. When is a squat not a squat? When it's a lunge jump. When it's a whatever they call um, them. I, I don't. I can't remember what even they. Russian I can't twist. Remember what no, they call them. They've got to start with a V or something, <laughs> don't they? And they're technically squats. Oh, vor, vor. but I, I, I don't like them. Yeah, where they vor. are stupid. They're just they're just mini marines. Yeah. No, no, thank you. It's not Vogos. They actually look like um, the new models look like the what are they called the Siluri. Is it Siluri? With the big no Sontarans. With the big heads and stuff. Sontarans in Doctor from Doctor Who. That's the first thing I saw, and I wasn't the only one in our Patreon Discord. Somebody yeah. else <laughs> pretty much shared exactly the same thing. Uh, they look like Sontarans. Uh, yeah. Not Centurans. Centurans. Sultanas. <laughs> Sultanas. Yeah. Uh, new world to Heady Chaos Demon. Demon I can Prince. only get so excited about Demon Prince. Demon Prince. Where was? What's what's the difference between a demon and a demon well, prince? A demon prince is like better than a demon because it used to be immortal that was raised oh, to the ranks. Of the correct answer I was looking for that there, Pete, was that the demon prince drives around in a little red Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> Our telepathic link isn't working this evening. Oh, <laughs> or you could have had the demon prince is the demon formerly known as something like that. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As the as the eight pointed symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're all right. I don't like the Nurgle head because the rest of the body looks the same across all the models. And I just fundamentally yeah. feel a Slanesh demon prince is going to look very different to a Nurgle demon prince versus a Corn or a Zeench. So it's just like, you might as well just paint them blue or red or pink or green. I can sing a chaos rainbow, a chaos rainbow. But there was a Skaven announcement. Yeah, I mean, I quite like the model. Oh, yeah, you got very excited yeah. briefly very about this about this game and announcement. And then and then they basically said, Oh yeah, <laughs> we've brief. done another assassin model, like cool. I mean it's not like they didn't already have a perfectly good assassin model, but fine. <laughs> um now this this caused a bit of controversy in the Patreon Discord. Uh the announcement that the Cities of Sigma are getting an overhaul. One person who I won't mention, Morph, um, <laughs> said that 
It was, it was basically they, they were vanilla and shit, and he wasn't interested in it in the slightest. And I was the bit that I was about to, just literally as I read that, I was just about to come on. I come on to say, oh, wow, they're going to overhaul the Citizen Sigma. That's really great. Which I guess just shows that everybody likes different everybody things. Everybody likes something um, different. Because for me, the old world and all that kind of stuff uh, via Tolkien, and I know they're not they're going to be different to that, but that was the way in for yeah. me. And I've always thought it was a bit of a shame that they didn't really have any representation as such in 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 Age of Sigmar. And and it looks like they're going to give them a more interesting uh, things, hopefully some new models. So I'm quite excited by that, even if other people aren't. Well, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's good that everybody has different tastes. I quite like some of the old Age of Sigmar. Yes. Uh, all the, the Warhammer, the old world, all that kind of stuff. That was always my entry point as well. So to have, to have some Cities of Sigmar stuff coming out, that could be quite interesting. Not that it'll matter, we're not going to play it, but it's still nice to see. No. No, I mean, I've, one of the things that puts me off Age of Sigmar is the, things that, is the more banana stuff. I don't, I don't particularly like big models, and it, the game feels like it's all about the big models. Yeah. I'm waving my arms about podcast viewers, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel like that. That, that yeah. for me, I quite like the small scale. I'd love a little small scale skirmish game set in the Age of Sigmar universe. Oh, Underworlds, no, but more, yeah, more, more, more freeform than Underworlds. Um, there was some new Sylvaneth. I was kind of which I, I, about those the uh, the riders, the flying mounts, the wings looked a bit static on them for me. Some of the models looked quite nice. There were some things with big. Dragonfly yeah. wings that had bows and stuff. They look quite fancy, but some of the other stuff they were pretty cool. Yeah, some of the other stuff reminded me of the old seventh edition Pterodon models, the metal ones that you used to be able to get, or any kind of flying model, right. metal flying model, which just had the really static airplane wings. And it was just mm. yeah, they're okay, but they're nothing special. I wonder what made me wonder whether we might see some nifty uh, Sylvaneth new Sylvaneth warband. No, in the underworlds, yeah, underworlds. maybe. Because we haven't had um, we haven't had we haven't had one for a while, and the one that we have had is a bit shite, <laughs> and nobody plays. Yeah. So that'd be nice. That'd be quite nice. Uh, and then the final thing was a ho- looks like there's going to be a whole new edition of, of Warcry moving out from down into Gur into some forest or other. I did I did watch the trailer. Um, I, I quite I I would like to be I would like to like Warcry more than I do. So maybe the, maybe it'll have a bit of an overhaul. Maybe that'll be something. That, might be interested in, but I still think it's going to suffer from the fact that there's already all this other stuff out there that I don't have and I don't understand, and, and I don't, I, I can't see myself getting into the new Warcry. But you never know. You never know, but I, don't, I, I think know. it's quite a safe bet that we won't get into Warcry because, uh, yeah, it's it's Not funny because Warcry. I think if they'd made Warcry hex-based, then it would have possibly had more of a chance to survive for us because measuring and yeah, stuff probably. was much more. Which is funny. Fun. I just said I'd love a, I'd love a small. I just said I'd love a small-scale um, skirmish game in the Age of Sigmar universe, and of course that is Warcry. Yeah. So I'm not, but I'm not, it just, I don't know, it just missed the mark for me. I know there's a few people, people who love it. It just missed the mark for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. Which kind of, I, th- I think, probably brings us on to the main topic of the evening. The main topic of the which evening. Which is hobby fatigue. That Because that kind of all, all of that gave me the thought about this, this topic. Because... There was a time. I've been I've been in the hobby for about six years again, or re re in the hobby for about six years now. Um, I think maybe seven. Um, and there was a time when the Warhammer Fest announcements were exciting, and, and I was excited by them. But uh, this, even before it came, I thought, oh, 
more stuff. <laughs> and I just, and I just, I don't, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I think more stuff, yeah, and I kind of try to put my finger on, on why. Why is, why did I feel like that? None of the stuff, particularly just to be, and going a bit further back, the uh, ash waste stuff from Necromunda didn't interest me. Um, and it's not just GW, there's been new releases for um, Fantasy Flight's uh, Marvel Champions, which I kind of like the idea of, but it's just, it's just too much. Um, and I just kind of just feel like, I don't know about you, Pete, but I, I feel like I'm sort of pressed down by this weight of constant releases uh, for whatever game system you play. Nothing, nothing can be static now, because life is a business, um, nothing is static. Yeah. There's always more. You always got to look forward to the next thing. Yeah, there's always just another thing coming and another thing coming, and I guess it's partly because GW has spent so long building up so many of their games, so there are so many different factions that are available for each one of those. That whenever they release a new version of it, they need to pretty much re-release stuff for most of the factions, if not all of them. They might really support all of them. I'm sure everybody's got their story out there of their faction that never got any attention after the last rules update of whatever it was that they were in 40k or AOS or whatever but for the most part everybody tends to get a whole new bunch of models and rules and stuff every time there's a new rules release um, and it's just it's just incessant and never ending yeah it feels like that I remember, I, I, remember, I don't know how long ago this was now probably four or five years ago they they had they, they had the big story arc uh, where um, Rebute Guliman Guliman was uh, was he resurrected or re reawakened and, and they had the cipher model and they had this big thing and that was really exciting I thought wow that's really great you know that's a really interesting model and I really I don't think I actually bought them to paint and of course I never did um, and um, I, that interested me that was exciting but then they've done it again um, they did it again a couple of years later, and then they did it. Uh, I don't know if they did it again, but yeah. They, 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 but there's always, the, and so now I've kind of realised you're basically just on a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and each time it goes over, it just crushes you further into the ground. Or that's what that's what it feels like. You're strapped to the outside of this wheel, um, like a like a Skaven Doom wheel or whatever. It was. Um, it <laughs> well, just, I'll buy that. Um, When's it coming out? And so <laughs> <laughs> it just. Um, so it's, I find maybe it's just because I'm a bit, uh, bit jaded, a bit cynical now, but I just feel like it's just everything is just a vehicle. Inevitably, everything is just a vehicle to to sell more stuff, and so it's, it becomes harder to become excited about the new stuff because you just know that actually it's going to be replaced very quickly. And I think we've seen well. I think you've seen that, for example, as I said, as I mentioned at the announcements of the Warhammer Fest are completely completely gone. I mean, you can still find them, but you know, there's nothing. To show you that they existed on the on the front page of the Warhammer Community website anymore. And that was only two weeks ago, and it's already kind of rolled on. We're looking forward to the next thing. If you look at our stats on our videos, the um, Nether Maze new release uh, videos, are, the, the hits are great. When, when we did the, the first weekend of release, the hits are great. And I don't know about you people, I was thinking, oh yes, we must play more Underworlds because people love it and you know, we're getting loads of views and we're getting lots of feedback and it's really great and it's really exciting. Um, but then we did the starter set box two or three weeks later and it's back to, not no views, but back to uh, a, few know, a third or a quarter of, of, what we, yeah. of what we got on that. Only 200, so, so, so there's a fifth, we've got over a thousand on the other two. And that kind of, again, feels like, well, that's just because 
Gaze Workshop are so good at whipping up this hype. I mean, there may be other reasons, but again, I just feel like everybody you get excited about the thing that's new that week, and then after that, it's gone, and we're looking forward to the next exciting thing. There's definitely, um, there's, and that's how. There's definitely that consumerism of got to keep the the customers, you know, got to keep the punter buying stuff. Um, that's why we're on the iPhone 13 mm. now, and we're, you know, all that kind of thing there's always got to be something else coming out to keep people buying because if we don't the economy will die and uh, the world will end uh, Dead Hands has just said that we, you have basically just said everything that he was going to say it's just always it's always shifting sands and right. I mean it's hard because in some ways I appreciate what they're doing they release some absolutely amazing models some of the stuff they do looks fantastic um, and and makes me excited for, for some things but not often, and it, more often than not these days, I just look at it and I think, I, I don't care anymore. I just I can't bring myself to care about this thing that's going to be old news in another couple of weeks. And I, I also yeah. find that, and this might be just because uh, of the situation we're in, our age, our, our predicament and all the rest of it, and the fact that we don't get to play very often, I just know that half the stuff that I see, probably way more than half, probably 90% of it, there's just no point in me even thinking about buying it because even if I do buy it and I do have a chance to stick it all together and I do somehow manage to get some paint on some of it the chances of us even playing it are vanishingly small so what's the point? Yeah, yeah, I, I feel a bit like that I think maybe that's part of the appeal of Middle Earth apart from just it being in Middle Earth it's a fairly static platform and then, I mean I know they do release new models but there's only so much that they can do, but, and so so everything that's out kind of like works in metal companies or the game, which we we not necessarily going to play the full game, but it's a bit more stable. Whereas with their own IP or other games, not just GW, I always we always feel like we're, we're, we're down on GW. But I don't think it's a GW phenomenon. I, I think I mean I think they're particularly good at it, but let's say. But I think all companies, I mean, because by necessity, all companies have to keep yeah keep churning the wheel but but you know it's not not just them but i just i you know i feel like companies that can make their own stuff they have to keep making new rules new new you know, it's just you know, as dead has said shifting sands is a brilliant way of describing it uh, and um, i think gw just running, well, running running on sand dunes and whilst it's not only gw they are by far the biggest company out there throwing out the most plastic on a weekly basis and releasing yeah. the most new yeah stuff. although just yeah, just as a, I've got a little note here um, for myself, as a sort of a counterpoint to it being GW, D and D. If you look, I don't really follow D and D that closely, but they are forever bringing out new resources, new resource books, new adventure books, new new this, that, and the other, and 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 Pathfinder is the same actually. So it, it's not plastic, but it is rule books yeah. because we all love a rule book, um, or a certain demographic of us do love a rule book with some charts in, and and that's just the same. There's, there's I think there's they they publish. Yeah, not quite, but almost more words than you can read in a year. <laughs> they publish, um, and, and and people buy them. I would say one of the big differences there, though, is uh, if it's a, if it's like a, a new adventure or a new campaign setting or something like that, you don't have to buy that. But if it's forty k, for example, if you're in forty k and they release new models for your army, you're probably going to have to buy them. If you want to stay competitive, obviously, yeah. if you're like us, then you well, won't. That is but true. 
yeah, with models at least, they might re-release new stuff if they re if they release a new version of the game, or like with Necromunda, they've released new things in there. You kind of have to buy that yeah. more to stay relevant or to stay current. Obviously, if you don't care about being current or relevant, then you don't have to bother. But you know, I th- I think there's there's at least more. Yeah must buy potential there in the miniatures area than there is with just campaign settings or things that is actually a perfect segue into another comment i've written yeah. down Pete. So that's brilliant um the the honest wargamer in that in that little bit about uh slap chop the reason he was saying you should do slap chop painting is because it's really fast and the reason you need to do it really fast is that you have a limit with the release schedule you have a limited amount of time in which your army is any good to actually play it with it and so yeah. you want it painted as fast as you possibly can which i know that only pertains to competitive gaming uh, and i think competitive gaming I is a much smaller it, part than casual gaming yeah yeah it is it is now i haven't really got any um strong evidence for this it's purely anecdotal or, or gut feeling it is but at the same time I think people like to play what's good. Yeah. Even if they're not competitive, nobody wants nobody wants to rock up with the army that's going to lose. Do, do, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Not nobody. Okay, not nobody. But but there's a lot of people who don't want to. So even if they're not like ultra ultra competitive, and I think and I, and, I, and we've seen it with Underworlds as well. In theory, you can play not championship meta, but if you turn up at a game, if you turn up not, at a campaign, yeah, if you turn up at a if you turn up, if you turn up at a just for a, a, an underworld's evening, I think the expectation is that you will have a championship. Or certainly, you won't play anything that breaks a championship. Also, you might you might bring worse than championship, but you won't you won't bring ready for action and old yeah. old season cards. I think there's an expectation that you won't do that. So people people even if they don't play at the top top ultra competitive level, I still think they like to play. I think that, that yeah. there is a there is a ish. there is yeah there's there's definitely a difference between uh, casual players, competitive players. There is a range in the middle there. So there's maybe you could mm. you know you could call call them like competitive casual or casual competitive players. So they might not go to tournaments, but they still when they play games with their mates or if they go to the game club and just meet some people and play games, they still want to play, you know whatever's the current new hotness out there or whatever. Well, yeah, or they don't want to start off ten meters back from their opponent because they've got an old yeah. army that's not not great. And I think I think it's just a shame that we we. I mean, I, I think speed techniques, speed painting techniques are good. So, but I think it's also a shame that people are saying, well, actually, you need to paint these as fast as you possibly can, otherwise, they, you know, they're not going to be any good on the tabletop by the time you finish. Yeah. And that's a shame because if you want to take your time. Then you're just like, well, I'm sorry, you can't do both. You can't be competitive and paint. I mean, right. I'm not sure how many people. Well, there are people who do both. There'll, there'll be some uh, people that can knock out amazing armies in a very short time and be able to get them to a tournament. But yeah, yeah. yeah it, I, I think that it is. Yeah, I agree. It is a shame that that they're basically saying you've got like a six-month window tops before your army's going to get hit with a nerf bat or something else is going to come out that's going to be better and you're not going to be top dog anymore. <laughs> And so you've you've got nerf bat. you've got a have you never heard that one the nerf bat or the nerf hammer, which are one of those ones. So um, <laughs> yeah, nerf hammer, but nerf. I like the, I actually thought of like a bit like man bat or Batman. <laughs> nerf bat. <laughs> what I did once is I bought my my kids one year. We bought them some um, lightsabers. They're like foam lightsabers, but the the foam's not very thick on them, so they hurt like 
hell if you hit each other with them. So what I did was I got some um, very thick uh, pipe lagging and just stuck them on the end. Oh, so yeah, they've got yeah, these yeah. massive, massive thick lightsabers that they just smack the hell out of each other with, and it doesn't matter because they can't really hurt each other. That's always good. good fun. You should bring those. To yeah. You should bring those to the, to the studio one day. Yeah. Sell our differences. But yeah, it is a shame that, um, that people are saying here's a really quick way to paint your army, because if you don't, you're not going to be able to play with them whilst they're there at their best. Like it should just be a case of here's a really quick way to paint your army, so that you don't waste what little life you have just painting. Paint, paint your army. Yeah. 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 I, I just feel like the whole hobby, not just not just this hobby, but life, I suppose, <laughs> is um, is the whole thing is geared towards like the next thing. You know, you've got to get the new thing all the time, all the, and it's it's everything. Life, life is made is made to make you feel like you want. You've, everybody's got to get the next thing. If you haven't got the new thing, yeah. then you're behind, and uh, and then, and then you end up accumulating stuff. And I've been, coincidentally, although possibly possibly made me think of, of, of having this as, as a subject, um, I've read a book, been reading a book called The uh, Book of Form and Emptiness, uh, which is by a woman called Ruth Ezeki. She is a Zen Buddhist monk, among many other things that she does. And in this book, there's a woman who, uh, it's, it's quite a sad book, because it's about a mother and son whose um, the husband and father dies, and they both can't deal with their grief but she she reminded me of me like a more extreme version of me um, I've actually reviewed the book on Geek Dad I might, I might share the review on, on our Facebook page um, she has these ideas she, she, she likes the idea of, of doing craft stuff and so she when she's feeling down she goes out and buys new craft stuff and then of course she doesn't actually have time because she's got a job and she's got this teenage son and she's you know he's got uh, mental problem, mentally illness, and um, so she's trying to sort him out, or trying to help him, uh, while dealing with her own own stuff. So she's never got time. So she then she buys this stuff, and it sits and it accumulates in the house. And then she looks at it, and she feels bad that she hasn't done it. And to, to make herself feel better, she goes out and buys more because the excite, the interest of doing the new project is, um, you know, that's the thing that it fills her with excitement. And, it, and it's me. I've got, I just bought Moonstone. I've got how many projects have we got on the go? About a million. But I went and bought Moonstone because that was exciting. The prospect of, of starting Moonstone. Um, was exciting, and I think GW, FFG, Wizards of the Coast, all those people they buy into yeah. that. A lot of us want to. Um, it's not even just hobby know, games. The like idea that. of doing the new selling thing. stuff, no, basically. No. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah sort of tapping into that excitement, the new excitement of the new, and, and the possibility, yeah. and the reality of it is is, is the reality is much more. Always a bit more mundane. Yeah, the reality when you get the box, you sort of go. I've got to stick it all together and then I've got to paint it all now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where games a bit like Underworld <laughs> and um, even like Moonstone and stuff kind of win a bit more because you don't have to paint them, you know, you, uh, especially with some like uh, Elect Counts. You know, there are no models. It's just all or, um, Ascension Tactics. It's just cards. So you just set the game up and you play it. But that's it's not quite the same feeling as when you play like 40K or... Age of Sigmar or um, Battles of Middle Earth, a strategy game, middle, the Middle Earth game. No, uh, it, that's a, it's a different thing when you've got the table and the sweeping vistas and all the terrain and the painted models. It's not quite the same as sitting down with a with a deck of cards, and so you don't get quite that same. Th no, but even board games, 
even board games like Ascension. I mean, like I said, I said in the in 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 the beginning, the there's about ten, eleven a link at least editions of Ascension. Yeah. The card game, so not not the one with not Ascension Tactics, but I'm guessing there will be new versions of that. And they have new rules and they have new things. And if you you know, they give you new experiences and people people buy them because they are interesting and they like it. But then they don't play the old stuff. And this I have this problem on the board game side too. That that you buy a board game because it looks really interesting, um, but you have ten other board games that you've bought that are really interesting. You've maybe played once or twice. You know, a board game that gets played ten times is pretty rare, I think. Yeah, unless um, it's a really simple one. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I know I I, I feel like you might be one of these people. I like I love the idea of of legacy board games, but uh, I've got friends who hate the idea of a legacy board game because you have to tear up components or or destroy things and you can't play it again you know you, you've only got a finite number of times you can play it because you have to yeah you, know, you have to destroy yeah. things but i think i think the, like the one the first one was pandemic limit it wasn't the first one risk legacy was the first one but pandemic legacy was the first one that kind of exploded onto the scene and i think you can only play it 26 times twice or something so you can play through twice but you can only play each playthrough is 26 yeah. games and people are like well that's i can only play this game 52 times well I bet most people in their collection haven't got very many games they've played I that, suspect, that many I suspect times. there's probably almost no board games that have been played more than like a couple of dozen times of that kind. Obviously Underworlds, which is technically a board no. game, you, we've played a lot more and stuff like that. But yeah, I, for that kind of thing. But not with just not with just Reavers and... Not, not with just Reavers and, and Stormcast. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we have, we've bought extra stuff. Exactly. So, um, so I, and so you end, you end up... Sorry. So I was just I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, I, I think that's it's it's that thing that people go. Oh, I can only play this thirty two times, or I bought this video game, but it's only got four hours of gameplay. Like, yeah, but you probably won't even get through that. So shut up. Yeah, I mean, I the, yeah, video games are completely passed by. I, I know nothing about them. I haven't played a video game since since Half Life. <laughs> that's not quite true. I did play Half Life Two, but I never finished it because it was too hard. Uh, but I, uh, I haven't played a video game since then. Dead Hands has pretty much um, sort of summarised everything we've been saying here, which is that it's, it is that whole fear of missing out and experience is that is made is the main incentive. Yeah. But when you get the thing, uh, this is what he said. So that was what he said. But just to append to that, then that when you do finally buy that thing, as we said, uh, you realise the experience isn't actually any different to what you've already got. So it just sits on the pile. Yeah, it's that little serotonin hit of clicking the buy button and the stuff arriving in the post and you open it's like we've it, seen we've seen posts we very often see posts on facebook of when the new thing comes out someone goes oops spent a thousand pounds lol and there's boxes and boxes <laughs> of plastic and then like you can almost yeah. time like six months later there's going to be for sale set of one thousand pounds worth of stuff <laughs> one box opened and half assembled looking for 300 pounds or nearest offer type thing you're like just it's just horrific and there was that guy once we saw pictures online where he literally could have opened a shop with the the, like fifty thousand pounds worth of stuff he had all the classic boxes and things it's just like buying it for the sake of having it but there's no a a lot of it in the shrink yeah he says not looking at his shelf where there's things in the shrink um but um they're fairly new at least but yeah i mean this the lord of the Rings card game I've obviously I've joined the Facebook groups of that, and there are people who said, "Oh, this look, this game looked interesting." So I bought absolutely everything that was available for it. It's like, well, dude, just buy like 
two or three things just to check that you yeah, like buy it. Buy the starter box <laughs> and maybe an add-on and see how it goes, maybe. Yeah, I, I was very I was very good with Moonstone because um, I only bought a starter box. I didn't buy any extras. And I was tempted. I was tempted. But fortunately, the company that I bought it from, or the, the shop that I bought it from, had free delivery on the other bits too. So I thought, well, I only need to buy the starter set now. There's no saving of buying more now because I get free delivery on the other bits if I ever if I ever want them. I mean, looking <laughs> at the the shelf um, behind me and the shelf behind you, you know, we're we're certainly not exceptions to the rule. We're not saying this from a oh, oh you plebs, you don't know how to behave I'm, kind of thing. I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm terrible. And th- actually, re- reading that book um, is what made me realise that I need to kind of be a little bit better because you can't take it with you yeah exactly so, and, it, and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't bring you happiness at the end of no, the day and, and at some point <laughs> in the process you're probably going to have to get rid of it because at some point you just go never mm. going to play this anymore never going to you know do anything yeah. with it I already wonder about things like our kill team stuff it's like we're not going to play kill team again that game is pretty much dead but we've still got a war cry as well we've got you know all the war cry stuff it's like do we need to keep that I mean, we will because it's easier than I, getting I rid just of got it, rid of the. I just got rid of the previous game, the previous iteration of Kill Team. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, but yes, that, 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 very much so. And some of this ties in. I, I like to do a question every every week, or every fortnight, uh, from Mr. Marlow, uh, Andrew, our um, Mr. Marlow did pop in earlier to say that he was just saying hello and to keep up the good work. But I think he's had to disappear right. off again. So thank you for that, Mr. Marlow. He's going to. Because he, he, he's, he's, yeah, so he's, he always gives us questions, and his question is: if if you had time, which game would you like to play more of, and why? Ooh. I'm gonna let you answer that Ooh. first. What would I like to play more of? Ooh, Ooh there's, there's a lot. There's quite a lot in that potential sphere. I'm trying to think of all the games we've started and then not got anywhere with. And possibly, we mentioned it earlier, possibly like Necromunda. If I had the time, that would be something I'd possibly like to go back and play more of. Because I find that that game's very time-intensive, not just during the game, but in between the sessions, working out what your gang is going to do, making new gang members up when you need to, converting models, all that kind of thing. And I ain't got time for any of that, but it's, it sounds like it would be amazing to do. So that's possibly the game I would like to play more of if I had the time. Yeah, I, I, that isn't the game I would choose, but you saying that, I think you're right. I think that would be a really good choice because it has got, it's almost an entire hobby to itself. Yeah. You could you could play Necromunda and never have to play any other game again. Um, if you, because cause you've got, if, especially if you like building and painting models. I mean, you've and got terrain. Amazing scenery, yeah. and, scenery and terrain and stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that would be that would be a good one. Mine, I'm going to sort of cheat a little bit. Uh, it probably do no surprise to you actually, um, but actually no, I'm going to change my mind. What I would really love to play if I had more time is the Journeys in Middle Earth game that we played one game of and, and live streamed it to our patrons. Um, it's a kind of cooperative miniatures dungeon, well, it's not dungeon, but wilderness exploration yeah. game. I'd love to, I'd love to get into that. I'd love to play that every week. Get into it and build character and, and and find out how it how it goes. I think that's probably what I was doing. I was going to say the Lord of the Rings living card game because I really enjoy that but it's quite time consuming. Yeah. But I think in reality in reality I'd love a bit more of a visual spectacle as well 
with all the miniatures and the tides of paint on the miniatures and all that kind of stuff. So I'd probably say the Journeys uh, in Middle Earth um, game from that's from Fantasy Flight. I think for the most part, though, if I'm honest, if I had more time, I'd just play more games. I'd love to play more Aeronautica Imperialis. Uh, you know, more different games. Yeah, just, just yeah. more different stuff. I'd love to play more Crisis Protocol. I'd just like to play more things. Even even stuff like I'd love to play, um, like Space Crusade. I'd love to upgrade all the models and get all good, mm. modern versions of all the models for that. And I've seen people have done them on eBay and stuff like that. And they look fantastic, and it would be brilliant to do to paint up a whole new set of Space Crusade models and then playing Space Crusade through them. But yeah, time. Yeah, Space Hulk. Yep. I'd like, to, I'd like to properly learn how to play Space Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be another cool one. And again, it's like time. <laughs> time. I'm not sure I'd actually want to play Forty K or or AOS now, though. I don't think those games really appeal to me as much. No, no. I'd actually like to do more role playing as well. I've told you, I'm not putting that thing on. It's just me. <laughs> in person role playing I do a little bit of online role playing with a couple of patrons and a friend uh, which is really good I really enjoy that but I, I um, would love to do sit, sit around a table again um, and, and play uh, but again I can't I can't see it happening at the moment I think that one's just, just channel man just takes up too much time that one's trickier as well because you need to definitely find a game that everyone's interested in and I think we had it where yeah. we tried a few different game systems in our old role play group and some of them people just weren't interested in. I think we did the Pathfinder version 3.5 or whatever it was. I just I didn't care about that. It was just so many calculations and things. I just didn't care. But when we were doing Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, I was much more interested in that. Yeah, I think I think that was partly my fault because I tried to do too much of the Pathfinder stuff. Uh, but we don't need to get into that now. But yes, I, I think, and I, I also different. We've talked about it before. We had different needs in the group, which, which weren't being met. You weren't meeting my needs, Peter. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, just to sort of tie this all all back in, having answered Andrew's question, um, the hobby fatigue and this kind of constant rolling of of stuff coming out. I wonder whether it's going to have to slow down. I don't know whether it can slow down, but I don't know if you've noticed, but we're, we're in a cost of living crisis. Uh, the government's only to notice, but we won't talk about politics. Um, but um, the... Um, I kind of see it maybe with Underworlds, that they've kind of shied away a little bit from the you've got to buy it all method. They're, they're, they're kind of pushing rivals and rivals plus through Nick's tournaments and what have you. Um, yeah. Which which is which is and, good really um, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think for the survival of, of, of Underworld, it needs to have people who don't. It needs to appeal to people who don't want to buy everything. Yeah. Um, but I wonder whether, I mean, because at the end of the day, all of this stuff, whether it be D and D, whether it be um, Marvel Champions or Marvel Crisis Protocol or Warhammer or whatever it is, it is all just a hobby. Yeah. And people are going to have less time if they need to work longer hours, money if they don't work longer hours but they need to actually pay for food. Uh, all that stuff is, the cost of it's going to go up and the money that people have available is going to go down. So I, I, I wonder, is it just going to carry on like a juggernaut, do you think? Do you th or do you think we'll see some 
I don't know how it would manifest itself, but some uh, acceptance that people have less money will have less money to spend on hobbies. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, de- there's got to be some kind of downturn at some point, hasn't there? With with the cost of things continually going up and up and up and up, it it can't continue I've, on at this trajectory, really. I I, f- I feel like it has to. I wonder whether this is a bit of a generalisation, but I wonder whether the demographic of Gay's Workshop. Uh, kind of, or role players, or all that kind of thing. They kind of tend to be youngish, kind of IT type jobs. You know, what I mean, quite they they have they have quite a, quite a lot of spending power. And I wonder whether they'd be more insulated to the to the cost of living crises. I mean, maybe I know than, than some some. I areas. know a lot of our patrons don't fit that mold, but then they also aren't the typical sort of hobbyists. They don't buy ev- not all of them no. buy everything. You know, we we have a lot of people in there that haven't bought new stuff in absolutely ages uh, and they're still paying no, stuff from true. a while ago and I think quite often we end up buying new stuff or new games either because we've been sent a review copy like with Ascension Tactics in which case we haven't spent anything on it um, mm. other than our time no, to to play it and review it and, mm. and do videos for it that kind of thing um, I mean I've just bought some wire Griders for Middle Earth <gasps> I think that's the first th- just like literally like, li- yeah um <laughs> But that's like the first thing I've actually. Because I'm sure I'm sure at the beginning of this. Sorry, I'm sure at the beginning of this conversation you uh, this to, um, you said you were going to buy them. So you actually just. <laughs> I can I can do. What, did I miss that? Or did you do it while we were? Did you do it while we were yeah, online? Yeah. I, I can multitask. <laughs> Uh, this this is the problem. <laughs> oh, do tell me if I'm boring you, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've got very good with working online, being able to do multiple things, have conversations with with colleagues, okay. and do other stuff at the same time. Like order models. No, I haven't. Fair uh, but it's like I'm just, so, you know, you so just a colleague. Now, okay. <laughs> but it's like you know, that's the first thing I think model-wise that I've bought in several months. I don't think I've actually bought models since then because things like the XR Dead and stuff, all the Underworld stuff we got, that was all sent to us. You, you've bought a few MCP things. You've bought a few Marvel Crisis Pokemon. When was that? When was that? Well, like? I gave you some. Well, yeah, you gave I me bought. some, <laughs> which you'd had no, bought no. for you or whatever. And, <laughs> Yeah, I think I put. I somebody was selling the box cheap, so I bought it. The one I gave you. Could that have been Willing Games by any chance? It was no, it wasn't. I think it was Ed. Oh, okay. When Ed Ed flirted with 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 his own game store, Uh, I think he had a damaged box or something. I can't remember now, but yes, he he sold it to me for a little bit less than than the asking price. So I'd be interested to hear from people Uh, watching this later on or whatever. You know, when was the last time they bought something for the hobby? I, I wonder I haven't mm. I mean you, if you go online you're always going to see people crowing about the thousand pounds worth of models they've just bought or whatever so I think that's a really I think that's the thing I know I, say, I think that's a really bad place to look to get an idea of how people's spending patterns are going but I think if you actually go around and talk to people and find out what they're doing I wouldn't be surprised if it's much less than it used to be or is, is becoming much less as people just sit yeah, and go yeah. it's this or gas and I can't can't not heat the house type thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right because you're right. The, uh, our patrons are definitely not um, kind of big spenders yeah. in the hobby. Whereas I, I was thinking more of the stereotypical posts. I just uh, I just see it always says over the years, Gaze Workshop fans. No matter how, no matter what was going on with the economy or what Gaze Workshop doing to the prices, they just seem to keep buying. Yeah. And I, I wonder at what point it has to stop. And they'll buy it whilst they complain about it. 
Like, don't, don't, don't pay for it then. Don't buy it. If you're sitting there complaining about it, don't buy it. That's what you need to stop and say, yeah. actually, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to buy this thing. <laughs> yeah, if I, don't, I don't want to. But, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. The, 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 I do feel like fatigue is setting in a little bit, yet at the same time, I'm always eyeing up what the next what the next thing I might I might want is I think I think the thing is though the I've, I've kind of realized that it's kind of all the same whether it be for Marvel Crisis Protocol yeah. or or Warhammer or whatever whatever's coming out it's basically the same thing it might look different but it's basically selling the same experience that it's always sold yeah and I think and there's nothing new it's it's yeah even in the new stuff I think once you get down to that point you sort of get to that stage where you realize it's a new, you know, a new shiny thing, but actually, it's no different to the last shiny thing they brought out last month or whatever. Um, we have a couple of comments actually. Yeah, um, that's exactly it. Oh, Better okay. Q okay. said, "Want to become famous?" No, we don't. Thanks very much, but I'll just block you in a moment. Um, <laughs> Jeeva Scazzer says, "Does hundred pound plus on UK Games Expo tickets count?" I guess it might it might even be worse once you actually get there and then buy like several hundred pounds worth of games. <laughs> Does three D printing resin and ST files uh, STL files count? Uh, I don't know. That's another that's another interesting. Um, but that's a way in which companies like GW are, are might lose money, I suppose, because people might save money for themselves by 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 printing their own. I mean, will they though? I, I mean. <laughs> From all the experience I've gained from reading up about 3D printing online, having a 3D printer is its own hobby and its own expense oh, and yeah, its own yeah. sort of like money sink. So I feel like any money you'll save from the 3D printer, you'll you'll lose in time maintaining it. And the mm. models, whilst there are some incredibly nice models out there, even the really nice ones, like Tom did some halflings for us a while ago, even though they're really good, in fact, the more I look at these, these are really good, but they're still not quite the same level as, like I've got a Death Guard model here, and I'm looking at two, they're different levels of good. So it's like, they're good. Yeah, but I think, I think that's a GW, GW, the comparison of GW is that nobody's yeah. there yet, but I've, uh, Tom has also printed for me, and I've actually paid, paid some guys to print for me um, some Star Wars stuff. That which admittedly you haven't got the rules for, so it's a little bit. It's not quite the same, but they are, I would say, indistinguishable. Yes, because they're a bit more like the MCP. They're a bit more like the MCP ones. The the, the, the level of detailing isn't. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. Well, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at um, a storm model here, and actually, yeah, the detail when comparing the two, they're pretty much the same. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but you're right about it being a hobby in itself and an expense in itself. Yeah. So I, I don't, but I, I wonder whether cause there would just be more outlets, people selling. I mean, because you can get pretty much if you look around, you can get stuff printed, and it's still co it costs you less than buying. Yeah. The fantasy flight. Direct comparison: if you want to buy Star Wars stuff, you can buy different sculpts, and it costs you less than the fantasy flight stuff. Um, you can't use it in official tournaments, but it costs you less, and you can you can find people to print it, so you haven't got the hassle of of having to print it all yourself and actually the, I yeah. guess the thing with GW um, is they, they can they they can 
still offer one thing that you can't get from a 3D printer, which is accessing like tournaments. If you're into the tournament scene, you, you're yeah, you know, they can stop you on that front yeah. or, or playing in their stores, that kind of thing. Yeah. So very much right. so. Very much but so. Again, I don't think that's going to be a particularly large proportion of the market. So I think whilst GW might lose some sales to 3D printers. I, th I think they're looking at single digit percentages that they're probably not going to be I don't I, I, don't, I, I think and so I don't think the people who are going to be going over to 3D printing would probably have been spending a lot on GW in the first place no I just I, I suppose I guess I, I'm still not sure they will there are other systems which would allow you to use 3D printing yeah. models that you can move to yeah and, and so that will be a wholesale move away from, from you know like if you move to Oathmark or or um, dead zone you could then use whatever models you liked yep. theoretically um, but GW has a very loyal baying rabid fan, bi fan base that, uh, that simultaneously hates it and loves it yeah so, so I mean GW uh, have yeah. basically hit you know they they're masters of what they do and they have completely cornered the market in the respect that they have managed to go a group of people like you say that are not only rabid fans but absolutely hate them somehow at the same time but they still keep buying all their stuff so yeah I suppose it's like Star Wars fans sorry the more the bigger the, the bigger the fandom the more crazy yeah it. yeah <laughs> but the, but they you know they don't go you know they sit there and the next thing comes no. out where they give a part to a black female actress or whatever and you know the neckbeards scream about you know all this bullshit quality nonsense or whatever Anything. they don't go anywhere Anything. they're still there the next week buying no. everything and whatever so it's like okay shouting this is not my star wars it's not my doctor who or whatever, whatever yeah it's like oh shut up <laughs> idiots and just go out and buy it you know you're gonna and shut your face i i finished a book this week but you're getting very close to the camera for? I, you're just, uh, I finished a book I'm just telling you, I'm just, I just, I just, I'm stretching, I'm stretching because I don't get cramped. You read um, a book this week. I finished a book. I finished June. I read a book once. I finished June. You finished June. <laughs> You're ahead uh, of schedule because it's I only, it's only June, May. Yes. You're well ahead of schedule. I know, I know. I thought I'd drag it out. I thought I'd drag it out because we've kind of done, we've done, we've, we've done this. Mine, mine was a, uh, but I finished mine, June, mine was a which pun was, on the fact that June gone. sounds like the month June. I kind of oh, I see. Flat, no, I went, I still in May. <laughs> never mind um, never mind so you yeah, finished June the um, I did so I hadn't read it before and we were doing we have for those of you who don't know we have a patron uh, book club which is is really fun it's kind of a bit of a casual affair I don't know if anybody I think I might be the only one left reading it um, because everybody's reading it at different speeds some people read it 20 years ago but uh, we, we I picture I've always well, always wanted to read June but always thought I should read June and obviously with the film and everything, which I do want to see, but I wanted to read the book. I, I finished and read it, and it, and it, it was it was fun. I mean, it was good. It was good. It wasn't always fun. It's it's, it's uh, an unusual book. I, I can't quite, but it hasn't dated at all. I don't think. I, I found it quite hard to believe in some ways. It was written fifty years ago because it feels quite modern. That's one. That's the thing. Quite often you read these forget. things, and it's like the Dragonlance series. You read that now, you're like, oof, this has not aged well. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, I haven't tried to read that again, but I have heard that, I haven't recommended it to people. I mean, this was even, even this was 20 years ago. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, recommended it to people, I go, oh, God, no, it's really bad now. But I, I 
haven't gone back to it so I, I did really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, don't go back. Just enjoy. Just enjoy that memory. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Never go back. Never, Never go, go back. back. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start a new book club book, um, which is going to be Snow Crash by mm. Neil Stevenson. Which again, I love Neil Stevenson, but I've never read that one. That's supposed to be like his first big book. I'm looking forward to reading that. Cool. Um, so I don't suppose anybody will join the Patreon just to join in our book club. But if you do want to, you can find out how to join the Patreon in the show notes, um, and uh, or find us on Facebook and uh, come and come and join in. That would be lovely. Gazra says that Thank he loves Dragon Lance books. It's only been a few years since he last read them. I mean, I loved them, but at the same time, I did ah. find when I read them as like these these are showing their age a bit now, and I think. Whilst, oh, okay. I think whilst well, the art of writing doesn't age, I think the style of writing does. And I think they definitely show their, their right, age okay. for the style of their writing and, and stuff like that. Because it's right. not like people have gone writing, no right, one bothers so with I, that anymore. But, you know. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't looked at them. I, think, I don't even know if I've still got them. I might have, because I loved them. And I had the... I had the I got me bought me games workshop actually, but I had the old TSR covers. Oh yeah, yeah. Before they were picked up by the UK UK publisher, yeah. and they were really nice covers. I really like them. Um, they were I think they were just the covers that were on the original D and D modules. Yeah, because it was like a D and D session, wasn't I'd it? Love we digress, but yeah, I think that's how it started. Yeah. I think that's how it started. I would love to play. I don't know if they're going to bring it out for fifth edition. I think I heard they were going to. I would love to play. Um, play it. I mean, I never will. I'd love to play in the Dragonlance thing. I never, I never will, but it's another, another thing to answer Andrew's question. That'd be something I'd yeah. have to do if I had the time. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so I think we're kind of drifting towards to, towards the end. I, I was, I was kind of, kind of, I've got, I've that, got kind of, um, that kind yet. of summarises our, our entire hobby fatigue, drifting towards the end. <laughs> drifting towards the end, or just life. Yeah, really. pretty much. Just how life goes. <laughs> Oh, just, just uh, drifting towards it's downhill from now on. <laughs> so you say you have an unpopular um, opinion to round us off? I do, and it, it is one I've done before on the live chat, but it was a while ago. And I, I'm going to do it again because we're, we're now on the podcast and we're happy to bring in podcast listeners. And it ties in because I've been playing more card games. Uh, and it's this, this my theory that card sleeves are a scam. <laughs> <laughs> And it, and it just it, it, it ties in with the consumerism thing, um, and um, I, I I I feel like somebody somewhere has convinced you you have to keep your cards in pristine condition. And not only in a sleeve, and if you don't, in a secondary sleeve too to protect the first sleeve. In a, in a secondary sometimes, yeah. And I do appreciate there are some games where they could be useful if you play with the same cards a lot. But as we've discussed today, the whole of the hobby is made to make you keep buying cards yeah. <laughs> so so or whatever it is so so sleeving them is like that's like i mean we sleeved we sleeve quite a lot if not all of our shades by our collection we did uh, yeah for a but, while but it was an utterly futile pointless exercise because <laughs> because you know we didn't we, we could only use them for two years well not all of them but most of them we could only use for two and years. we didn't use so a, a large chunk of them pointless. ever anyway because they were sucky well, yeah, exactly, and and I feel like I can, I can understand like people play the Lord of Rings LCG. You know, you should sleeve them because you'll be able to start telling. I mean, in cooperative games, this is more pointless because at the end of the day, if you can tell what the next car coming is, does it really matter? Yeah, possibly if you're a purist, but if you're having a good time, I'd much rather I'd much rather have a slight advantage than pay another hundred and 
however many pounds it would be to sleeve. I also sleeve my cards. I also don't think we're at that because obviously some of this comes a little bit from the fact that there was some of the original um, Magic: The Gathering cards, you know, that sold for thousands and thousands later on. I, I don't think we're at that stage anymore in in the world, you know, like people who were digging out their old Star Wars figures that they kept in the box from the seventies. I don't think that's happening mm. anymore with mass production and stuff like that. The only time things are worth buying as a collector's item, they're generally created as a collector's item in the first place, and they don't have any, you yeah. know, there's never any intention that people are going to take these things out of their boxes. So, and I think... Yeah, I mean, there are some rare, rare Pokemon cards, I guess, that some, some cards are built in scarcity, and maybe you want to sleep, but you wouldn't... I'm not sure you'd play with that, even if you, you know, do you know what I mean? Even if it was in a sleeve... No. Still think you you would just you, know, you just take it up and go. I so have this card. Like, like and now I photocopied it and it's in my yeah. deck and I'm playing with the photo. <laughs> yeah. If it's worth. And I, so I just feel like the people who convinced you that you needed to put your cards in, in sleeves were just you know scamming you. Uh, and uh, I know some people. And, uh, you know, particularly with the destruction of the planet because they're all made of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's even more unnecessary plastic. And I know some people. Um, uh, will buy a, a new game that will come with a billion cards like um, uh, Ascension Tactics and then they'll go out and spend almost as much in plastic sleeves to, to sleeve all those cards mm. and it's like it's just it's pointless because even if you play that game a hundred times and some of those cards get a bit dog-eared it doesn't matter and I remember having no. this conversation I years and years ago with a guy when someone was talking about Underworlds for the first time and someone basically said, do you sleeve your cards? And I think I said something about, you probably will need to sleeve them if you want to play competitively because the, the colours on the backs were quite obvious to tell yeah. the difference. Of course, you definitely need to now. You definitely need to now, yes, because they changed the backs entirely. Balls out the card. But back. I said, you, you possibly <laughs> would have to, in a competitive setting, because I think that's generally the rules and it can be possible to cheat, but if you're playing casually, I wouldn't bother at all. And somebody else basically came along and, and said, not only should you sleeve them, but you should double sleeve them. And I just thought, you're fucking mental. There's just no, no ever, no way is that ever a, a suit. Well, now I'm going to have to tick that box, <laughs> aren't I, on the uh, language? Yeah, afraid you are. But the, I think it's worthwhile for that, because yeah. that is just the most mental thing in the world. If you think you need to double sleeve something, no. Unless it's to prevent some kind of sexually transmitted disease, nothing needs to be double sleeved ever. <laughs> that was a much better way of putting that joke than I was than I was going to make. <laughs> so thank you. I was I was going to be definitely I would definitely be ticking that box. Um, <laughs> Unless it's your, jo your, jo your so, John, uh, John Thomas, you don't need to double sleeve it. Because <laughs> uh, these things are just going to get uh, chucked away. It just it really you're not going to sell this stuff in years to come. And someone's no. not. I mean, people do sell it, but yeah, but, but not for much. It's not going to make more than the cost of all those not sleeves in the first place. It's just mental. And I know some people no. are very, very picky about. You know, I don't want people to touch the cards with their sweaty, dirty hands. Like, then you should leave all of it in the box and keep it at home and never interact with humans because that's life. <laughs> no. The only cut. There's only one. I think Jeebus does make a very. Sorry, go on. After Sorry. you. Oh. Yeah, no, because no, I was going to change the subject slightly, so you say. I was just going to say, there's only one card that ever needs to be sleeved. <laughs> Ready for action! Exactly. For any of our YouTube <laughs> our podcast listeners out there, 
I still have my Ready for Action card sleeved, and it's in some Uber sleeve as well. It's in like this extra it is double proper Pokemon. A, yeah, thing. it is. It's massive yeah. because I got, I bought, I did. I don't. I, I bought a card online once on eBay, and it came in one of those. So I was like, I know what's going in there. Comically, it was a card for um, Age of Sigmar Champions. Do you remember that? No one cares about that anymore. Oh yeah. yeah. Bet people sleeve tons no, of cards no. for that game. What a waste. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't got those anymore, um, and I don't. I don't think I have. Um, I, I, I do have Ready for Action, but I couldn't tell you where it is. Uh, Jeebus Gatherers does make a good point that he just think they will be collectible things because we still throw stuff away and then stuff becomes desirable. I think that is true. Yeah. You obviously it won't necessarily be Star Wars because people will more likely keep that, but there'll be something from now or ten years ago that is popular. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever be the same what, kind of thing. Like maybe the first Rick and Morty. Um, play sets or whatever whatever it is yeah <laughs> whatever it's something is. Um, I'm sure there'll be something yeah, like that. That, that kind of but thing I don't think that really applies that to kind things of thing. like I don't think it's generally things that you see coming now because people are buying things like stuff no. and they go oh yeah this yeah. happened 40 years ago with, with Star Wars so I'm going to get the latest Star Wars stuff then that's going to become super yeah, rare. Like, yeah. no because everyone latched onto that and now everybody and their mum's got a copy stuck in their loft packed away or whatever and yeah yeah There'd be some things like the Lego minifigures. They they have a scarcity built in, yeah. don't they? The um, both the ones in the sets, but and the blind bag ones. So I reckon there'll be some that people have that then become scarce, and you have to pay a lot of money for. But not not thousands of pounds. But there are, again, that said, there are Pokemon cards that go for millions, and they are they are built in scarcity. So well, if not millions, then hundreds of thousands. But anyway, card sleeves are a scam. Yeah. That's my take home from this. And um, so and everything is. Terrible. It's Everything's going down the pan, and you shouldn't you shouldn't <laughs> buy anything because it doesn't matter. In the end of the no. day, we're all going to be dead. There we go. <laughs> so I hope you've enjoyed this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and a feeling full of life and looking forward to tomorrow. I think and your pointless existence. I think to come back to that point you mentioned earlier about the book you read and stuff, you need to find the joy in mm-hmm. the stuff you have now, and not worry about the stuff you yeah. don't have. And look to the things you and the people, and the people that you know. More importantly, the people. The people that you know. Yeah, the people that you. If know, you think yeah. that you have a friend who's interested in a game, you've got a whole bunch of plastic sitting there in a box somewhere that you're never going to touch. Give it to them, and then maybe you'll have someone to play with. Give it to them. They say, "Yeah, I'll just go and play." Yeah, with yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there we go. Yeah, and the people connection definitely works. So like the moonstone thing, I don't think I've, I'd seen it and thought, "Oh, that looks interesting," but it was only when people I sort of know on our Patreon Discord that I thought, right, well, they think it's brilliant. That's a connection. Yeah. So I, 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 hopefully I'll get to play with them one day. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, the people connection. So that, that's why I have to free up a slot for that soon. Um, and I need to bring over all those Bretonian models that I've got lying around for you. Oh. Yes, lovely. Brilliant. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, thanks for tuning in either live or um, on our yeah. podcast. Um, and we will uh, see you in a couple of weeks. I'm not quite sure what the subject will be there. I have to think of something else to talk about. Um, but if you have any ideas for subjects, then do um, do let us know either via, um, um, I don't know, how can they let us know, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> sure, there must be ways. Twitter, Facebook, you can find Instagram. us. Uh, YouTube is a really it's good place. All in the, it's Instagram. all in the credits. Just send us it's a message. It's all in the end notes stuff. Uh, for, we, would, we would love to, we would love to uh, um, discuss 
whatever you think we need to be discussing. Jeeves Gatherers is off to eBay to, to buy some Zargo Zarga that I can't even read. He's basically going to make some car sleeves for £250. You do that. Mocking Robin. <laughs> mocking Robin. You do that. Next week you we won't... Oh, don't get me started on... Don't get me started on dice. Yeah, oh yeah, dice right. is another one, but we'll come <laughs> on to that another time. And uh, obviously, uh, next yeah. Tuesday yeah. we will not be live. We're doing this fortnightly uh, for any of our Patreon supporters yeah. who are on Discord. Next Tuesday, we'll be doing a sit and Patreon on Discord. We'll be sitting there painting some models and talking nonsense, so do join us if you Have haven't done Put Putting the world to rights. Yep. Okay, guys, well, thanks for yep. joining us, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We do hope you enjoyed the show. We'd like to put a special thank you out there to all our Patreon supporters for making this possible. If you do want to help support us further, please check us out on Patreon. All money plays go straight back into making more of this content. Also, don't forget you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll find links in the show notes. We'll see you soon. Bye!